read and hear more about important news, events, and public policy debates at ncnewsline.com. This is News and Views. Welcome to News and Views. I'm your host, Rob Schofield. Thirty years ago, in its landmark Leandro ruling, the North Carolina Supreme Court declared that all North Carolina school children have a right under the state constitution to a sound, basic education. At the time, it was expected that the decision would spur a rapid upgrade in the state's public schools, particularly in the struggling low-wealth counties who were the plaintiffs in the case. Unfortunately, the hoped-for upgrade never really materialized as political leaders of both parties did precious little to implement the court's ruling. Now it seems the matter is coming to a head. On February 22nd, the court will revisit the case yet again and likely decide once and for all whether lawmakers can be ordered to allocate the necessary funding. And with conservative Republicans who generally defer to the legislature now controlling the court, this development has many education advocates concerned that three decades of advocacy for the state's kids could be cast aside. And recently I sat down with one of those advocates, Reverend Suzanne Parker Miller of the group Pastors for North Carolina Children. Reverend Suzanne Parker Miller, welcome back to News and Views. Good to have you back with us. Thank you for having me. It's great to be back. One of the main reasons we're talking, of course, is that there's some big news on the education front. Your organization is in the middle of this debate over the future of public education in our state. Amazingly enough, the Leandro case, the high-profile landmark ruling that was issued three decades ago, supposedly guaranteeing every public school student in the state a sound basic education, is back before the state Supreme Court. And a lot of advocates are concerned about this. And Maybe you can kind of lay out what's going on here and why folks are concerned and wanting to raise awareness about it. Absolutely. We are very concerned. That's true. So the Leandro case is going back to the North Carolina Supreme Court on February 22nd on Thursday. The thing that's confusing here is that the facts of the case have not changed. The only thing that's changed since the ruling we had in um, November of 2022 is the makeup of the court. And so this is a huge concern for those of us in the advocacy world. And and from what I understand from the lawyers as well, the, the judicial world, this is really unprecedented to be rehearing a case and without new facts, without anything that's changed. We're continuing to push for the funding that is guaranteed by the, the previous rulings. The comprehensive remedial plan and the funding that comes with that from the state is needed, desperately needed in our schools. And so they're going back to rehear parts of it to see if it really is needed or not, from what I understand. And we know the funding is needed. We know the resources are needed. This is not a question. It's It's been settled now multiple times over the last 30 years. We know what needs to be done for education in our state. We know what our children need. We know what the schools need. We just need the funding from the legislature. And the legislature is just continuing to, to say it's not necessary or that they have done enough or they have you know, they're not bound by the ruling of the the judges, which none of that makes any sense to advocates. We know that that's not true. And so um, we're 50th in the nation in funding effort of how much we put into our school funding compared to our state's gross domestic product. I mean, we are 50th. We can and need to do better. We can afford to do better as a state. It's not even an issue of money. We just need the funding. And so the case is going back to the courts. They're going to be rehearing it Thursday. And frankly, we're just trying to raise awareness that this is happening, that people need to be aware that this is a huge, huge problem. Um, We know that our Supreme Court in the recent months has, has, has undone some of the voting rights work, some of the 
gerrymandering type stuff. And so we're concerned that Leandro is on the same trajectory based on the current courts. And that's a real, it's a real concern. Yeah, it's a remarkable state of affairs when you think about it. We've had this ruling effectively on the books for three decades now. Both parties, Democrats and Republicans, have been negligent in trying to secure this sound basic education for all of our state's children. (laughs) And so we had a we finally had a comprehensive plan issued that said, this is what it's going to take. This is how much money we need. The legislature sort of went, eh, we don't want to do it. The the state Supreme Court in late 2022 said, uh, yeah, you need to do it. You need to comply with our order to fund our public schools. And the legislatures basically just said, make us. We're not going to do it. And it is a remarkable state of affairs, because if you think about it, what else might the legislature just decide that not to pay any attention to the Supreme Court? So you'd think maybe that the Supreme Court, regardless who was on it, might be inclined to stand up for the ultimate authority of the Supreme Court. But uh, the makeup of the court raises concerns about that. Indeed, one of the parties to the case, State Senate Leader Phil Berger, his, his son's on the Supreme Court, right? Right, right. And waiting to see, you know, if he's going to recuse himself as has been requested. As of this taping, we're not sure exactly what's going to happen with that. But if the three branches of government aren't in checks and balances with each other, where does that leave us? That's that's a real concern. The circumstances are all very remarkable. And what does precedent mean in the legal sense if 30 years of precedent doesn't matter in this situation? And for us as pastors for North Carolina children, I mean, this is a case about the children. This is a case about loving our neighbor, making sure that every single child in North Carolina has what they need to flourish. That is our greatest concern. And this case, you know, the thing that I love about the comprehensive remedial plan is that it focuses on our most vulnerable children, because we know if our most vulnerable children get what they need, all of our children will get what they need. Our children who have experienced racial discrimination and our children who have disabilities, our children who are learning English, our pre-K kids, our kids who live in rural communities or come from poor families. These kids need more to be able to to compete and to flourish. And it's the moral obligation. It's the the call of faith. It's the call of, of just basic ethics. Like we need to care for our most vulnerable kids. And that to me is just so basic. As a Christian pastor, it's it's like this is just the right thing to do. I don't understand not investing in our children. I don't understand why that's up for debate, really. Right. We should note that this case is being reheard at a time when we're seeing school vouchers expand broadly in North Carolina. Some may say that, quote unquote, school choice is the solution to funding our schools. But pastors for North Carolina children and other advocates have pointed out that these vouchers really, really exacerbate inequality and lead to more segregation of our students. Right. They do. And families can choose whichever school they want to send their children to. That That's a family's prerogative. That's that's sure. we're not going to get in the way of that. The problem, though, is that the schools that are accepting the vouchers are not required to serve all children. They are not required to provide transportation or to be ADA accessible or to admit any child. Families give up their special education services when they leave the public school system. IDEA doesn't apply to private schools. And so if you have a child you know, who is in need of special services to access their education, a lot of these schools aren't an option. 
option for you. And so the the choice is really for the schools to choose their students instead of, you know, actually being a, a true choice for families. You know, that's our big concern is we we want to support the schools that are required to serve every single child in this state. We're talking with the Reverend Suzanne Parker Miller, who leads the group Pastors for North Carolina Children. We're talking about the Leandro case that will be before the state Supreme Court on February 22nd, and just the general question of adequately funding our schools. I suppose it's worth mentioning, Suzanne, that folks might live in an affluent part of the triangle, let's say, and not realize that the Leandro case was originally brought by a group of low-wealth counties in our state, where if you visited any of these counties, you readily see that they don't have the resources to even provide really very basic things in their public education system. That's a lot of what the Leandro case is about, right? Absolutely. That's where it started and that's where it continues to be most needed. The Comprehensive Remedial Plan provides funding proportionally for more for these counties that are the low wealth counties. You know, these counties are taxing themselves at a local level at a higher rate than places like Wake and Mecklenburg, but they just don't have the tax base to make up the difference. And so, you know, they can tax themselves at much higher percentages and they do, but they still aren't having the adequate resources. And so, you know, we really need to ensure that every county, every district can make sure that kids are getting what they need. You know, some of the counties would get a 40% increase in their budget. Um, someone like Cumberland or Robison would be getting a 40% increase of funding from the state that they are currently being denied. What would that look like in a district, in any district in the state? 20 to 40% increases in funding that is just literally constitutionally being denied our children. Of course, outside of Leandro, your group, Pastors for North Carolina Children, is also working to remind North Carolinians that there are some elections coming up this year. There are other ways that other than just monitoring the court and speaking out on social media and talking to friends about this issue, folks can actually get involved in the political process and have an impact on our public schools, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. With the primaries coming up March 5th, we really need people paying attention and being pro-public education voters. You know, we are nonpartisan, but we want to support any candidates who are willing to take the Leandro pledge that our Every Child North Carolina partners have put forward. And we have a Mission Amplify curriculum that we are using to educate congregations and faith communities around who are your legislators? How are they voting? What are they doing? How do we stand up for our children and making sure that our voices are being heard at the state house so that our voting matters and our voices matter both. Reverend Suzanne Parker Miller is the executive director of Pastors for North Carolina Children. You can find their website, pastorsfornchildren.org, or just, just do a web search. They're out there mobilizing faith communities to advocate for public education. Suzanne, you're doing incredibly important work. Congratulations and thanks for doing it. Please keep it up and we'll talk yeah, again yeah. soon, I hope. Absolutely. And I want to just quickly invite everyone to join us February 22nd. We are going to be having a rally outside the Supreme Courthouse on the Capitol grounds at 10 a.m. with our Every Child North Carolina partners. And we're going to be having events throughout the day from 10 to 2, including a press conference, a march, and a teach-in around the civil rights connections with Leandro and Brown versus Board and, and all of this important history that we can't neglect to understand. So hope everybody will come out and join us on the 22nd. Don't miss that. That's this coming Thursday, February 22nd. Thank you, Suzanne. Good luck on the 22nd. And we'll talk again real soon. Great. Thank you so much. Take care. Coming up next, a two-part conversation with a national expert on state courts and why they're at the center of so many high-profile policy debates. Don't go away. 